Germanic lands. But in the parts of Germany they controlled, the Romans imported their civilization and founded cities. Thus emerged a split among the Germanic peoples. The west and south were influenced by Rome. The north and east kept their barbarian heritage. Around 100 AD, the Roman historian Tacitus described the German tribes beyond the Rhine in his book entitled On Germany. They choose their kings for their noble birth, their leaders for their valor. The power even of the kings is not absolute or arbitrary. On matters of minor importance, only the chiefs debate. On major affairs, the whole community. If a proposal displeases them, the people roar out their dissent. If they approve, they clash their spears. No form of approval can carry more honor with them than praise expressed by arms. By the 3rd and 4th centuries, the Roman Empire in the West had been dragged down by massive bureaucracy, inflation, and crushing taxes. The German tribes began to spread across Europe. Some tribes left their mark in the names of famous provinces, the Burgundians and the Lombards, for instance. From other tribes derived the names of whole countries. From the Angles comes the name England, and from the Franks, France. But with the fall of Rome came the centuries known as the Dark Ages. Law and order, and with it industry, trade, and even city life, broke down. At the end of the 8th century, a remarkable Frankish king was crowned emperor and restored order of a kind. His name was Charlemagne, or Carl the Great. He united all the Frankish lands and pushed far to the east into Saxony, Bavaria, and Austria. Charlemagne's empire did not survive him. It was divided between his grandsons. The western part went to Charles, the eastern part to Louis. When Charles and Louis decided to conclude a treaty of alliance, the document had to be composed in two languages, because Charles, from the Romanized west, and Louis, from the Germanic east, no longer spoke the same tongue. In time, their two languages became French and German. A century later, in 962, the leader of the Saxons, Otto, was crowned emperor by the Pope. Thus began the curious entity known as the Holy Roman Empire. The kingdom's full title was the Holy Roman Empire of the German nation, also known as the First Reich. Eventually, the Holy Roman Empire was a crazy quill to some 1,800 separate political entities, from large kingdoms to tiny estates ruled by a single knight, who owed allegiance only to the emperor. Sometimes a strong emperor would arise. The most famous was Frederick I, called Barbarossa, or Redbeard. His long reign is remembered as an era of order, stability, and greatness. Finally, he undertook a crusade to reclaim the Holy Land. He died on the way. As Barbarossa's successors tried to hold the rich land south of the Alps, in Italy they squandered men, wealth, and power. The support of the German barons was bought by concessions of sovereignty. The emperors came to count for less and less, and the feudal nobility for more and more. Around the year 1000, a degree of law and order returned to Europe. Trade expanded, towns flourished. To protect themselves against pirates, robber barons, and other dangers, the towns formed alliances. In 1241, the common council of the port city of Lübeck proclaimed, 
We have made an agreement with our beloved friends, the citizens of Hamburg. If by chance robbers or other evil men assail our citizens or theirs, whatever costs or expenses are incurred for extirpating those robbers, we ought to share with them and they with us. Further, if any citizen of theirs near our city or our citizens near Hamburg should be ill-treated, we shall surrender the doors of the deed for punishment, and they will surrender such people to us at the expense of the commune likewise. This was the beginning of the Hansa, a medieval league of free towns in North Germany and adjoining countries. Soon the league spread to include Bremen, Danzig, cities of the Rhineland, and many others. Business was carried on with England, Scandinavia, even Russia. By the 14th century, the League was powerful enough to wage war against the kings of Denmark and Sweden, who were interfering with their trade. In many of the German towns, even Jews, the wanderers of medieval Europe, could find a place to live and work. Like many German rulers, the Bishop of Spire granted the Jews a charter. I, Rudiger, humble bishop of Spire, have decided to settle the Jews in my little town. I have located them in an area apart and have surrounded their quarter with a wall so that they may be safe from the violence of the mob. I have granted them the free right of changing gold and silver coins and of buying and selling everything they wish throughout the city and up to the boat landing and wharf on the Rhine. The Jews are required to watch and defend only their own walls and their servants may assist them in this work. Finally, I grant them the most favorable of the laws and conditions that the Jews may have in any part of the German kingdom. Many Jews settled in Germany, especially in the Rhineland. Gradually, they adopted a variant of German, which they called Jewish or Yiddish. Jews, even in Poland, Russia, France, and elsewhere, often adopted German surnames. Still, as throughout Christendom, they were considered at best resident aliens. Throughout the Middle Ages, Germans migrated eastward. This was not an invasion. German farmers and craftsmen were invited by Poles, Hungarians, and other overlords, eager to find hard-working subjects. In this way, much of Central and East Central Europe was Germanized. Vast areas came to be dotted with German colonies, which passed on the civilization and technology of Western Europe to the East. In the 15th century, one German invention changed the course of history. A contemporary chronicler recorded... The eternal God, out of his unfathomable wisdom, has brought into being the laudable art whereby men now print books and multiply them so greatly that every man may for himself read or hear read the way of salvation. This most valuable art came first from Mainz, on the Rhine, the first inventor of printing was a burgher of Mainz, born in Strasbourg, 
named Johann Gutenberg. In the year of our Lord 1450, he began to print. And the first book that they printed was the Bible, in the Latin tongue. The invention of printing was one of the events that marked the beginning of the modern age. Soon another event occurred in Germany, one that was to split not only that nation, but all of Christendom, the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther was one of those rare but immensely influential figures in history, like St. Paul and Mohammed, a powerful personality obsessed by God. Luther was a monk as well as a doctor of theology. His revolt against Rome began with his rejection of indulgences, which were grants for remission of sins and punishment in the afterlife. The church made these grants in return for consideration, usually in the form of cash. On October 31, 1517, Dr. Luther posted his famous 95 Theses on the door of the castle church in Wittenberg. They declared, Every Christian who feels true compunction has of right plenary remission of pain and guilt and a share in all the benefits of Christ and the Church given him by God, even without letters of indulgence. If the Pope were acquainted with the exactions of the preachers of indulgences, he would prefer that the Basilica of St. Peter's should be burned to ashes rather than it should be built with the flesh and bones of the faithful. The true treasure of the church is the holy gospel of the glory and grace of God. It was the start of the...